Okay, so wherever you are joining us from, whoever you are, put your hands together, lift your voice, worship this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, who is here to meet us. Give him your praise today, come on.
Amen. Well, he is a God who takes us out of the pit, sets us on solid ground. He gives us new life. He's the God who called us out of darkness into his light. He's also the God of the valley who walks with us through seasons of pain and difficulty. I'm so thankful that you continue to join us online like this. And it is our commitment that we would continue to give our best so that you can experience the love and power of Jesus, especially in seasons of trial. I know that for many of you, this has been a particularly difficult time because of the health challenges that you face and the immune systems that have been compromised. And I also know that for your loved ones who've committed themselves to your care are shouldering this burden alongside of you. And today you're in need of prayer. You're in need of support. So if this is you, I wanna invite you to text prayer to the number below so that your church family can surround you and come alongside you, remind you that you are not alone and we wanna pray for you. And today, as we pray for you, I want to remind you that the word of God says that the prayer lifted in faith will save the sick and that the Lord will raise you up. This is what we believe. So church, if you are in need of healing and strength today, I wanna encourage you to reach out your arms to your father as we pray in faith together. So Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, God, that you are powerful and that we can place our hope and our trust in you. And God, I do pray for those of us who are carrying sickness in our bodies, who are dealing with health issues and struggles. And I pray for the loved ones, God, who have come alongside to care for these people. I pray, God, for new strength today, for your new mercies to be poured out upon each of these people. And God, that you would heal, that you would bring restoration to the bodies, restoration, God, to the mind and the heart and the soul. We pray, God, that your mighty hand would be made known and evident in this time. So Jesus, who else can we turn to? Who else can we say, heal, come and heal us? Jesus, we look to you. We place our hope and our trust in you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's continue to worship this God, the source of our strength, the source of our healing, the one we place our trust in. Jesus' name. 
Hey, Mariners Church, it is so good to be with you. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was always way more interested in playing outside than being inside because when you were inside, it just meant either chores or homework. And I was the generation that grew up um, before the bike helmets. Okay, This is a time where you fall off your bike, you just suffer minor brain damage, and then you simply had to shake it off. I mean, those of you that can relate, you know, we're the real Americans. No bike helmets, no video games, no TV, remote controls. Yeah, we only had seven channels, two, four, five, seven, nine, 11, and 13. So being outside was always more compelling than being inside. And I have these vivid memories of playing outside and my mom coming to the front porch and yelling, Douglas, it's time for you to come in and do your homework. Of which, you know, I was the normal kid. I'd yell back, I don't have any homework. And then my mom would yell, your grades would say otherwise. Then she would yell in front of all my friends. Plus, if you don't do your math homework, you're never going to be able to figure out the area within a trapezoid. At which point I would yell back, I can live with that. And here's the truth. I, I can. I have lived a good, long life without knowing the area within a trapezoid. I mean, decades have passed, and I've never heard anyone say, hey, we've got a whole bunch of trapezoids over here, and we're wondering if we can find somebody who can help us figure out the area within them. It, it's never happened. And I realize some of you parents are not going to be happy. You're going to disagree. Please don't write me your letters because I won't read them. I'll be outside playing. But I think the teenagers who are watching, they would agree, and it's just my opinion, but when it comes to math, here's really all you need to know. Plus, minus, times, percent, and greater than. And see, this, this greater than symbol at first was a little confusing math for me until I applied the food theory to it. And the food theory is when the open side of the greater than would eat the food that was greater than. So the open side would eat the Twizzler peel and pull licorice, and the pointy side would, would face grandma's tuna casserole a la nasty. I mean, food math is super easy. But beyond numerical equations, this greater than idea is actually used when we oppose two objects or uh, uh, people or places against one another, and then we decide which is greater. Okay, let's look at some examples. So you've got 
uh, UCLA versus USC. Now, I'm not going to put a greater sign here because I don't want to. I don't want to divide the church. Okay. Then you've also got uh, Popeyes and Chick Fil A. Which which is greater? You decide. Or Fortnite and, and Minecraft. Again, you got it. You got to pick. One's greater. How about a local high school? Sea Kings or Newport Harbor? The Battle of the Bay. Which one is greater? Netflix or Hulu or uh, the Lakers versus the NBA. As a matter of fact, that's the one we'll pick. Lakers are always greater. But here's the deal. With options like this, the greater than answers, they don't really have any real life consequences for how you're going to live your life. Like your life isn't going to be severely impacted if Popeye's wins over Chick-fil-A, which would never happen because Chick-fil-A is the only chicken Jesus would eat. It's in the Bible. Check it out. But most greater than answers, they don't force you into like a life altering decision but some do, okay? And you've probably seen this, this before. This is actually a logo. This is a logo originated in Hawaii. And when I first saw it, I didn't, I didn't get it. I was like, is it, is it heck? Is it, should it be heavy? Is it short for something? Again, I'm not real bright. I didn't do my homework and I'm sure your GPA was greater than mine, wonderful. But the inspiration behind this logo, which is he is greater than I, it, it comes from the Bible. It's where John the Baptist says this in John 3.30. He says, he, referring to Jesus, must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Now, John the Baptist, who said this, he was a rock star. I mean, people thought he was really something, and he was. I mean, even Jesus spoke highly about John. Jesus said in Matthew 11.11, he says, there is no one greater. But John, John the Baptist, he fully understood his own humanity in light of Jesus's divinity. And so in Luke 3:16, John says, I'm not even worthy to untie Jesus's sandals. That's a strong statement. I know there's, you know, many of you are watching, you don't really know much about Jesus. I mean, maybe, maybe you've said his name a few times, like in the middle of the night when you step on a Lego or something like that, or maybe you're, you're checking this whole Jesus thing out because a neighbor invited you to watch what we call Mariners Hosted at Home and you're in a friend's house. That's great. Or maybe you, you stumbled into one of our eight Mariners in the neighborhood locations. You heard the music, you walked by, you got sucked in by the free coffee, and uh, now you're sitting there slightly damp from all the fans blowing water on you. But no matter what got you to watch this message, um, I'm thrilled that you're here for a couple reasons. One, Jesus is amazing. And I love pointing people toward him. And the second is this, that you're gonna see why thousands of people at Mariners and really millions around the world don't see this, that he is greater than I, as just a logo. Instead, we long for it to become our lifestyle. He Jesus is greater than I. And when you fully understand that Jesus, he is greater than you, little bitty I, and that you trust your entire life to that greatness, that's when you, uh, that's when you become fully alive. You see, the best, most passionate, compassionate, fulfilled, faithful, generous, kind, joyful people I know those are the ones who live out of this whole idea that he is greater than I. And, and some of you even listen, you'd say like, I know somebody like that. And I, I'm sure you do. Some of you might even be thinking, hey, that's who I want to be. I know, <laughs> me too. 
And some of you are thinking, I'm not so sure what I believe yet. And the point is this, that we've got this beautiful variety of, of people of faith at Mariners. And some are living it out and some are trying to figure it out. But no matter where you are spiritually, you know, we're in a chaotic season that we're living in right now where everything is more difficult, including faith and following Jesus. You know, over the last five and a half, six months, I've observed what I'm gonna call the COVID shift. That this pandemic has caused many of us to actually shift our focus from Jesus. And the results is really a weakening of faith. It happens when your focus is off because when your focus is off, your faith can go sideways. And, and, and let's be honest, these are crazy times. I mean, if I believed in zombies, I would say they're coming next week to team up with the murder hornets and the wildfires to completely push us over the edge. But this chaos is intense. And personally, my own, my own family, we've experienced, we've experienced a, a ton of difficulty and disagreement and division. There's been a lot of tears and, and pain over the last several months. So if you're in the midst of experiencing a difficult time, you're, you're not alone, this is real. But here's what happens when we shift our focus away from Jesus. Even if it's a subtle shift or if it's unconscious, is this is what happens. Fear becomes greater than I. Worry becomes greater than I. Uh, my opinion becomes greater than you. Your I becomes greater than lowercase he, and, and everything shifts. And while it's probably the first time you and I have tried to navigate life through a pandemic, it's not the first time God's people have experienced a, a shifting faith. Uh, in the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul writes to the church of Colossae, to address some emerging ideas about Jesus that was causing the, the, the people in the church for their faith to actually, let's just say that it was in jeopardy, okay? That people in the church were trying to make Jesus less divine and more like, like them, more human, more lowercase he than uppercase he. So if, if you have your Bible with you or a Bible on your phone, I want you to turn to Colossians chapter one, and I want you to see what it says here in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, this is a very important verse for those of you who wonder what God is like. You, you wanna know what God is like, the God of the universe? You wanna know what he's like? Just look at Jesus. See, because Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. Jesus was 100% God in the flesh. Jesus wasn't, uh, I mean, he wasn't crucified because he was just a good human teacher who threatened the Roman Empire, Jesus actually claimed divinity, that he was God. He was, he was part of the triune nature of God who wore clothing. Jesus is God with skin. So when you're reading about Jesus, like what he does and what he says and how he treats people, you can actually connect the dots to God. Right? So in Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul paints this beautiful word picture of Jesus, not a more human Jesus, even though he was 100% human. Paul wants them to see that he was 100% God. Verse 18, Jesus is the head of the church, which is, the, which is his body. 
He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Now, notice the power words that Paul uses to drive a stake in the ground on his divinity. He says, Jesus is supreme. He's first in everything. I mean, he's greater than everything because Paul wanted the early followers of Jesus to know that, that Jesus is greater than Fill in the blank. Jesus is greater than your possessions. Jesus is greater than your money. Jesus is greater than your career. He's greater than your reputation. He's greater than your family, your kids, sex. You name it, everything he is greater than. So here's what I want you to consider for your life today. Is Jesus greater than? I mean, is he greater than everything? Is he greater than most things? And maybe not most, Doug, but, but a lot. Or, or maybe you've, you've never considered it. I mean, think about it this way. Like, let me give you some easy wins. For most of us, we would say, you know, Jesus is greater than the Ouija board, or Jesus is greater than horoscope, or Jesus is greater than tarot cards. Like those are, many of us would go, That's, those are easy wins. But, but what about this? Is Jesus greater than politics? Oh. <laughs> what about, is Jesus greater than, than your comfort? Is, is Jesus greater than your pride? I mean, are you living a life that says, I must increase, I must be seen, I must be valued, respected, and honored? Is Jesus greater than in your life? And, you know, those of us that have been to church for a while, sometimes I think we just go through the spiritual motions and we don't think very deeply about our faith. So when you hear the question, is Jesus greater than, you're tempted to spit out the right spiritual answer. Oh, yes, Doug. Oh, of course he's greater than. Jesus is supreme. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my Redeemer, Provider. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Why? He's Yahweh. No way. Yahweh. (laughs) But with, with this question, is Jesus greater than, I'm not looking for the right answer like this is a pop quiz. And I know there's, I know there's comfort in the right answers. I get it because I know the right answers. I went to Bible college and graduate school for seven years where I learned you know, Hebrew and Greek, the languages of the Bible. I learned all the right answers. As a matter of fact, I'm actually educated beyond my own intelligence. But the question is, is Jesus greater than? It, it requires a daily heart answer. See, I actually had to ask this today before I started this filming. It, Doug, is Jesus greater than? Now, the right answer is yes. Okay, but Doug, then why are you worrying about how people are gonna receive your message? I mean, if Jesus is greater than, why do you feel anxious about what people are gonna think of you? Why do you feel stressed about your future or concerned about your reputation? Friends, this is an intense question. Okay, now enough about my faults. I've already been thinking deeply about this. Let's get to you. If Jesus is really greater than, so why do you worry? If Jesus is really greater than, why are you slow or, or maybe even unwilling to forgive? I mean, if Jesus is really greater than, why are you living your life in fear? And if he's really greater than, why is that relationship so, so messy? I mean, if Jesus is greater than, Why are you still holding back being financially generous to the work God is doing around here? I mean, it's easy to say Jesus is greater than, but it's easy when things are going good. But what about now? 
I mean, when chaos is totally swirling around us, what about when you shift the supremacy of Jesus to something else that becomes more important in your life and it can happen so quickly? I, I have this friend who I went to seminary with who I would actually describe her as once having a very vibrant faith. I mean, she was great. I mean, lo but long story short, here's what happened. She came to the conclusion that the church didn't do enough for animals. So she started a nonprofit that took in wounded birds and would nurture the birds back to health. Now, pause, because I have nothing against birds, all right? I like a bird as much as the next person. As a matter of fact, they are delicious. And I'm gonna go to Popeye's right after filming this, okay? But the, my friend actually shifted her focus from Jesus to rescuing birds, and I watched her isolate herself from the people of faith who were part of her spiritual growth and journey. And by the way, I'm well aware that that illustration offended some of you, same ones who actually walk their dog in a baby stroller at Fashion Island. Okay, I need you to hear this. I'm not anti-hobby. I love to crochet and whittle. I just know too many people of faith who have shifted Jesus from his rightful position of greater than to focus on something that isn't greater than. Okay. Let's continue looking at what the Apostle Paul, how, uh, how he described Jesus. Verse 19, it's long, so hang with me. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, please do yourself a favor and would you review this passage this week? It is so good. He's saying that Jesus is amazing, that Jesus is supreme, that Jesus died on the cross for you, that you didn't have a chance to have a relationship with a perfect God without Jesus. And then I love the choice of words when he says, as a result, as a result of his greatness, you can be different. See, as a result of his greatness, you can actually have different results in your life. That he brought you onto God's team and now he sees you as holy and blameless. Not only did he bring you onto his team, and this is so great, so hold on to your trapezoid. He also gives you his presence. If you read a little further in verse 27, he says, Christ lives in you. That he has done everything for you, not because you deserve it, but because he loves you. And as a result of this passionate love, what is our response? Let's take a look at verse 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Okay. Because Jesus is greater than, 
Here's how you and I can make this practical in our lives. And by the way, what I'm about to say to you, none of these words are mine. I just took them straight from the Bible, stole them. They're all from verse 23. Here's the first. It says, stand firmly in the truth. See, Paul takes this idea a little deeper than just believing. Yet, yes, continue to believe, but don't just believe because anybody can believe. In the book of James, James says, you believe in God, good for you. Even the demons believe that it's more than believing, it's, it's standing firmly in the truth. Now, why does he want us to stand firmly in the truth? Because when you don't stand firmly in the truth of God's word, or we don't anchor our lives to the truth of God's word, we easily drift. We drift actually to the words of humans. We've seen this, I mean, the last several months for many people, Dr. Fauci has become more authoritative than King Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, he's super smart, very endearing. He's probably gonna be the most popular Halloween mask this year. But when all we do is listen to humans and the endless news reports and the politicians who promise to save us and the expert analysis, we actually drift from God's word and then our opinions, our opinions on social distancing and wearing masks, they become more important than Jesus' teaching on how to love and treat others. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't learn from very smart, helpful people. I'm just saying that we listen and learn from others while consuming God's word and then aligning our lives and our words and our actions and our love and how we treat others based on the teachings of Jesus. So how do we respond to that he is greater? It is we stand in the truth. Second is we don't drift away. We don't drift away from the assurance you received. You know, this, this COVID season, it has just reminded me about the power that happens when we gather together as, as God's people. I mean, bottom line, it is easier to drift spiritually when you're not connected to others. See, when COVID quarantine appeared in March, I loved how quickly Mariners, we spun up this amazing online service. And Eric is an outstanding teacher. And his instruction from God's word became super important for Kathy and I during those, those early stay-at-home days when we didn't even talk on the phone because we thought the virus might come through the phone, right? But then when, once we realized that we could safely be with others and Mariners hosted at home was an option for our family and friends, there was, there was just something refreshing for my soul when I was with more of God's people. And then when Mariners in the neighborhood popped up and there were even more humans, I mean, even though they're wearing masks and, and we're not hugging one another, but it, it was better for me. And next week, oh my God, next week I can barely contain my excitement to gather outside here at Irvine. I, I'm probably, if I'm honest, I'm most excited that we're having junior high services and we're gonna have our own little um, outdoor circus tent where the junior hires are gonna meet. I know a circus tent, junior hires, of course, you know, insert your, your own joke there. But gathering with God's people does something for my soul and I realize that, that some of you, it's too early for you to gather and I, I get that, I totally get that. That describes many people in, in my family. But when you are ready, when you are ready to get connected, get connected with people of, of faith. This fall, sign up for Rooted, get in a life group, find some type of relational connection that becomes an anchor in your life to prevent drift. 
So you stand firmly in the truth and you don't drift away. And the third thing that he says in this verse is you pursue serving God. Okay? You, you want to keep from drifting spiritually? It's super simple. Here it is. Serve others. Paul is writing this letter from prison. It's a prison epistle. And he's writing it with joy and enthusiasm that is only possible because he's been appointed to serve. That if you have a relationship with Jesus, you've been appointed to serve too. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you and I could sit and consume. He's, he's actually called us to something bigger than ourselves. Now watch this. When you serve, it's so much easier to stand firmly in the faith and not drift. Why? Because you have to depend on God's power working in and through you. If, let me give you an example. Let's say you're one of the volunteers on my youth ministry team, which, by the way, I need more people on our team and you don't have to have special talents or skills. I just want people who love Jesus and like teenagers. You don't even have to love teenagers. I just don't want you to dislike them, okay? Anyway, when you serve teenagers, you, quick, you quickly realize that he is greater than I because on my own power, I don't have what it takes. No teenager at Mariners thinks I'm cool. All right, teenagers don't look at me and say, oh, I, I hope he becomes my friend. I really want to hang out with him. Okay, no, none of them are thinking that. You know what they're thinking? They're thinking, okay, boomer, the hair club for men called and said your forehead is big enough to show a movie on. Let's go. Okay, I have to depend on God's power when I serve teenagers. And watch, that dependence is ignited when I serve. So there are a hundred plus places you can serve at Mariner's Church and be stretched to depend on God in such a way that'll keep you from drifting. And, and here's something else for you. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve. Well, how can you say that? Super easy, because that's what Jesus' life did. Jesus served and he gave his life as a ransom for many. That if you wanna be in God's will, serve. Now, if you wanna be in the very, very center of God's will, serve in youth ministry, go to mariner'syouth.com. Okay. Now, friends, here's why I want you to get this so badly. When this, when this amazing Jesus invades your life, he's not coming in to simply round out a couple of rough edges and, and, and become a name that you put on your Instagram profile. No, Jesus comes into our lives to transform them, old to new, dead to alive, unholy to holy. Jesus didn't suffer on the cross so I could have a, a safe, secure, comfortable life and live the American dream. Jesus didn't come to comfort you. He came to transform you and take you on this wild adventure of faith where you come to the place of a daily dependence that he is greater than I. And here's what that looks like in real life. Not too long ago, I had the privilege of being with a couple. They, they live out this whole greater than idea. And the husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer in his 40s, two wonderful kids. And as I was with them, uh, I heard their sadness. I witnessed their tears. And in the midst, there was, there was no question that Jesus is supreme. Cancer wasn't their choice, but placing their faith in the supremacy of Jesus was their choice. And no question, no question they're sad. 
but living out he is greater than I allows them to see this this cancer-ridden body is is merely a container for a soul that has been saved and loved by Jesus. He told me, Jesus is greater than my cancer. The wife said, Jesus is greater than my uncertain future. See, it was so very clear that they live out, he is greater than I. So what about you? Are you drifting and, and need to stand firm? Are you living out? He is greater than I. And, and now it's time to take that next step and respond to his greatness through serving others. Or are you at least curious enough about this incredible Jesus to, to lean in and find out why so many of us are amazed by Jesus and who he is and, and what he's done? That no matter where you are spiritually, please don't just listen to this message without deeply thinking, is Jesus greater than? See, he is greater than I isn't a logo, it's a lifestyle. And I want that type of faith and lifestyle for me, and I want it for you. And as a church, let's be people who live out the truth that he is greater than I. And watch what happens in our lives and and all over the community. I just can't wait to be with you and see you soon. Jesus, may we live this out. Thank you for your love, your supremacy, that you are great, that you're first in everything. And you loved us first, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. May we be people today who live out the truth that you are greater than. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
pour out our hearts and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, we say great are you Lord, all the earth, and all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. I love being a part of worship at Mariner's Church. I can't wait till next week when we're outside. We got plenty of space for you. You can spread out on the grass. We'll worship together as, as God's people. Can't wait to see. Would you do this? Would you hold out your hand to receive God's blessing? Let me read God's word over you. The verse that we talked about today, Colossians 1.23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. God bless you. See you next week.